0: This is an interactive live cast, and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA.
1: Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty livecast. I'm Andrew Womack. I've got uh, Richard Harris here. He's our Chief Counsel for Truth and Liberty. And tonight we've got an interview with Marissa Joy Silvig. Did I get that name right? I think so. And anyway, I met her when I was up at the Wind River Indian Reservation. She's running for Congress challenging Liz Cheney. And so we're going to be talking to her about a lot of things going on. And I think it'll be a real blessing. Also, for those of you who have joined with me in helping to build the church building there, uh, on the Wind River Indian Reservation with Jason and Sarah Lucas. Uh, I've been raising funds for that. And anyway, she's a part of this. She's the praise and worship leader there in their church. And so it'll be good. We, you can get an update on what's going on. and So we'll be introducing her a little bit better in a few minutes, but I'm gonna let Richard tell you how you can participate, and also, we got a lot of stuff coming up that yeah. we need to let the people know about.
2: Absolutely, well, thank you, Andrew. Uh, it's good to have all of you watching tonight. We're really excited to have Marissa on, and you know, we've invited her on the show because of her experience there at the Indian Reservation, and that aspect of ministry that I'm sure she has a lot to share about and also as part of our ongoing uh, efforts to uh, bring you information about current events and politics. And so thanks for tuning in tonight. And uh, we do have a lot going on here at the ministry as always. Uh, And uh, there's some great holiday events coming up, Andrew. Uh, But before that, even this week, we've got Women Arise, and that's going to be the 28th through the 30th. Uh, on the campus of Karis Bible College. Uh, Audrey Mack is going to be ministering along with Carrie Pickett. So ladies, you don't want to miss that event. It's going to be awesome. You can register online at awmi.net slash events. And then also uh, the Heart of Christmas performance, one of the best things going here, I tell you, Uh, that is going to be December the 10th through the 12th. It is an all out Christmas event extravagances and
1: we're adding tens of thousands of dollars worth of new lights this year so it's going to be really really good.
2: that's going to be beautiful we ought to do it
1: and we got a live nativity the next week
2: live nativity the uh, week of uh, the 16th through the 19th so bring the family out enjoy Christmas in the Rockies with us. It's going to be great. And uh, then uh, I mentioned uh, Women Arise, so yeah, check those events out on our website. Speaking of the Truth and Liberty website, uh, if you haven't checked out our resources page, we encourage you to do that. I just added a new resource today, which is uh, an investigative uh, forensic report coming out of Wisconsin. Uh, They have uh, analyzed what they could with respect to the election there. Some of those local counties and local officials were not cooperating, but there's still a lot of useful information, important information in there. And, um, you know, some people think there's something wrong in Denmark, as they say, and that report is more corroboration of that. So check that out on our website. And then also, um, Uh, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, I really want to encourage you to become one. All you have to do is go on our website, click subscribe, give us your email address, and you'll start getting some of the great, helpful information that we send out uh, every week to help keep you informed and equipped. And uh, uh, for new subscribers, you become eligible to receive a free product every week. Last week, we gave away Find, Follow, How to Find, Follow, and Fulfill God's Will. It's one of my favorite books of yours, Andrew. Uh, It's a great one. I'll never forget the story of Moses and how you You tied that, how when he picks up the rod, the snake by the tail, and it turns back into the rod of God. What a powerful illustration. And Regina Holbrook, uh, you're the winner of that product. And this week, we're giving away A Better Way to Pray. You want to talk about life-changing. This book will revolutionize your relationship with God if you'll apply these principles. So uh, you want to be sure to subscribe today and be eligible for that. And also, uh, we depend on the generosity. Well, we depend on the Lord. But we do what we do through the generosity of our members. And if you'd like to make a difference in this nation, in this world, become a Truth and Liberty member. You can do that by signing up on our website to make a recurring contribution of $5 or more per month. And if you do that, we'll send you a free gift in the mail. Right now, we're giving away Alex McFarland's book, which is called The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. This is a great book, so become a member today and we'll get that right out to you. This is an interactive live cast. Our regulars know that, but for newcomers, all you have to do is post your comments and questions in the chat function on our website at truthandliberty.net or the comment section on Facebook. Now, we encourage you every week, be sure to watch directly on our website so so you don't get censored. We can't guarantee what's going to happen on the social media pages. So uh, we've been dropped numerous times by YouTube recently. We think we'll get by tonight, but you never know. So be sure to look on or watch on our website. And uh, last thing is tonight if you need prayer, you want someone to agree with you in prayer, call into Andrew's prayer line at uh, 719-635-1111 and uh, someone will be more than glad to minister to you and agree with you in prayer.
1: So let me add two things to what Richard was saying. Nicole Marbach is also going to be ministering at the women's conference. Oh, okay. And she's on one of our healing journeys videos. She was uh, a cutter, Um uh, An alcoholic, uh, tried suicide multiple Mm -hmm. times, diagnosed with uh, multiple personality disorders. I mean, she was a mess. Yes, she was in mental
2: hospitals. yeah,
1: she got totally set free, so she'll be ministering, and so anyway, that'll be really good. And I also wanted to say that we're going to be, well, we now have gone 24-7 on our phone center. So you can call in at any time, 24-7, and we have people answering the phones. And we've already had a big response to that. I bet you. We right. had over 2,000 calls this last weekend. Wow. So, man, awesome. people are taking advantage man, of that. And we also just started a brand-new Sunday broadcast. And I'm only on two stations right now. In uh, December, I think it is, I'll be adding another five stations. Um, and, but anyway, it's, good things are happening. Amen. So Amen. it's going to be great. All right, so tonight we have Marissa Joy Selvig with us and I met her when I was up at Wind River Indian reservation in April. It was my birthday, April the 30th. And uh, it was really neat Mm because I had all of the Indians dancing around me. And then we had a guy from Iran there, Mohammed Faridi, who uh, came over to kill people. He was practicing jihad and he got born again. And then we had some of our African students that were there. And then we had uh, just, I guess you'd call Europeans or whatever I am. So anyway, we had all of these different groups dancing around me singing. It was awesome. Wow. Did anybody and video that? That would be did. awesome to see. Yeah. I'd like to see and that. And we've put something out on it. But anyway, for those of you who don't know, uh, I was really touched by what Jason and Sarah Lucas are doing up there. They are ministering on the Indian Reservation and they're building a church. And Marissa is actually the praise and worship leader at the church. And so that's how I met her. And I found out that she's running for Congress. She's running against Liz Cheney. So anyway, uh, this is Marissa Joy Selvig, and she's with us. Thank you for joining us, Marissa.
3: Thank you so much. I am absolutely honored to be on the program with you gentlemen tonight.
1: Amen. And so anyway, there's a lot of things we want to talk about. But would you just give an update, first of all, about what's happening on the Indian Reservation? Because you're a part of that church, and many of the people who will be watching this tonight contributed towards this where are you Mm -hmm. in the process of building this church what's happening
3: well, it was a very busy summer, and we are so thankful to all the partners who have given uh, of their of their means to help support our ministry. Uh, we are a very busy, active church. And so we did a kids programming all summer uh, while we had teams coming and working on the foundation of the property. And so we got all the rebar laid, and we did all of the in-floor heating and we're able to pour the concrete foundation and get the septic system in. And so it is just a blessing. So right now what we're doing is we're waiting on the steel building kit. And as soon as it comes, um, our general contractor's coming back soon. And so we're gonna work on getting that building up. And our, the goal is to be moving into the building a year from now. We just so- celebrated the fourth, the fourth anniversary of, uh, of Pastors Jason and Sarah being here and having the church.
1: And if I'm correct, I think that you've already bought the steel. It's just a supply thing. And so you're waiting. Yes, on that's
3: good. Yes, sir. That's what we're, that's what we're waiting for.
1: All right. So, Marissa, tell us, how in the world does a mom of four people decide <laughs> to start running for Congress against Liz Cheney? How, how, what brought all of this to pass?
3: Well, I a while back, I did serve uh, in the town council for the little tiny town of Pavilion, which is, I think, population 235. <laughs> and then I served as the mayor there for about a year and a half. And in that time, I really started thinking about running for office, uh, higher office. And in t- early 2019, I actually was watching the State of the Union address. And all of a sudden, I was sitting there on the couch next to my husband, and I said, I'm gonna be in that room someday, just out of nowhere. I just had this knowing that I was gonna be there. And then in July of 2020, there were a couple of uh, Native American ladies actually who prophesied over me that I would be running for this office. And then uh, it was an amazing time of prayer. And then after that, we all got COVID-19 and those two ladies went home to be with the Lord. And so uh, since then, I have been working uh, very hard and in know in, in a season of trusting and patience with the Lord when it comes to this campaign because his ways are not our ways, and he is having me run this campaign in a way that is a little a little abnormal for the normal um, way you would run a political campaign.
1: <laughs> so give us some information. Uh, not everybody's familiar with Wyoming, but I think you only have one congressional seat. It's sparsely populated and we do. Uh, the Indian Reservation, I think you said that uh, the Indians are, are nearly totally democratic. And so um, yes. what's it like? Is this like climbing uphill to run <laughs> a campaign against Liz Cheney?
3: Uh, it is like an uphill battle. I'm trying to keep my eyes on the maker of the mountain and not how large the mountain is, nor the other people who are on the mountain with me. <laughs> but to give you a little facts about Wyoming, uh, Wyoming is the least populated state in the union. We have about 580-ish thousand uh, people, and we do. We are an at-large state, so we only have one representative, and that is currently Liz Cheney. And so our representative really has to travel everywhere in the whole state. It's not like Colorado where you might have a certain section or corner. um, It's the entire thing. So it's a lot of travel and uh, it's excellent because you don't always get everywhere in Wyoming. My husband and I have lived here since 2010 and there are still a few places we haven't been. And so when I'm going to travel places, it is really fun to see new places that I haven't been because Wyoming is just so beautiful. I know that you were able to come and see a little bit when you drove up from, Mm -hmm. uh, from Woodland Park. But uh, it is just an incredibly beautiful place and I would encourage everyone to come visit.
1: And so uh, what are your, uh, what are you, how do you say this, who are your competitors or the mm-hmm. candidates that you're running against, Republican, and I guess Liz Cheney is the only Democrat, or excuse me, <laughs> she is a Republican but she's well, acting like a Democrat, I'm sorry I'll let that slip. <laughs> <laughs> you did let you, that slip. Yeah. So, anyway, give us the who you're running against. Sure. What's happening?
3: So the people who are currently still in the race, there there were a few um, that have dropped out since Trump made an.
1: Okay, we lost you, Marissa. Uh, I don't know what happened mm-hmm. here. Hopefully, we'll get her back. Our guys, I'm sure, are working on it right now. So I was incorrect saying that Liz is a Democrat. She is not a Democrat. But, and she's actually been very conservative. Are you back, Marissa? Am I back? That was very strange. Yeah, I'm sorry. We lost you there for a second. You just froze. And so you were talking about the candidates that are running on the Republican ticket against Liz Cheney.
3: Yes, yes. And so one, uh, her name is Harriet Hageman. She is... Uh, A former gubernatorial candidate from the state of Wyoming from 2018. Um, We've all thought she was going to run for governor, but she got the Trump endorsement. And so um, she is one of the candidates as probably the stiffest stiffest competition thus far. And then there is a state senator. His name is Anthony Bouchard. He has he actually he and I announced on the same day uh, our candidacy of January 20th of 2021. We both announced. Um, And then there are two other candidates who are running. One, his name is Denton Knapp, and one whose name is Robin Balinski. And um, we haven't heard too much from them recently, so I don't know what's going on with their campaigns. But Mm. the rest of us are still working hard.
1: And so I heard you say that in a straw poll, you actually beat the Trump-endorsed candidate. Uh, Tell us about that.
3: I did. Yes, well, we had a candidate forum. Down in uh, Carbon County, Wyoming, which is kind of central south Southern Wyoming, and they did two different straw polls at the end, one of the cant of the Carbon County Republicans who were there, and then another straw poll of all of the Wyoming registered Republicans who were there at that time. And uh, I won that straw poll by a hefty fifteen percent on both accounts. That's so impressive. I and was very was th- I was very thrilled about that.
1: And so this was against the Trump endorsed candidate,
3: right? Yes, it was against the Trump endorsed candidate and all other all other um, other, other candidates who have current who are currently in the race.
1: So how come we oh, have was heard no one there was this. no one omitted.
3: Well, that's a great question. Who knows? <laughs> I sent out a press release to a number of news organizations and none of them had happened to pick it up. So uh, it's always a it's always an exercise in patience in this race.
1: So let me ask you this. Liz Cheney has voted conservative, I think, 96% of the time. But she was the head of one of the committees. Again, you would know this. But Mm -hmm. she was removed uh, and another person placed in. But she really got bent out of shape over the January the 6th thing. And she is on a vendetta, it looks like, against Trump. So uh, why is it that uh, you need to replace Liz Cheney?
3: Well, she is not listening to her constituents very well. Um, We have called many of the Republican uh, party groups here in Wyoming from the counties have, have censured her and called for her to come and speak to us. And that was well over 250 days ago. And we have not heard from her at all. She has had no communication with any of the county parties. And when she does come here to do events and talk to people, It is never advertised. And we generally don't find out she's here until after she has left because she doesn't want other people to come and harass her or ask her questions, uh, which is unfortunate because what do we send our representatives to Washington for to represent us? And so that is not something we feel that she is doing a good job at. And I love listening to people and communicating. And so I think that's what sets me apart from her in that way is I really want to communicate with the people of Wyoming in a way that is appropriate and acceptable to them, uh, which they're not currently getting. Mm.
1: So let me ask you some of your stance then on some of these issues like uh, right to life, pro-life. Where do you stand on that?
3: Well, uh, I have four children (laughs) and they are my greatest joy. Uh, I am a firm believer that life begins at conception, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with the Supreme Court uh, case that's in there right now when it comes to the um, potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. And I am ready for that. I'm ready for it.
1: And so if Roe v. Wade was overturned, it would probably be kicked back to the states uh, to deal with it. Where it should be. Yeah. So, what is uh, Wyoming's stance on that? Do you have a conservative uh, legislature there?
3: We have a we have a fairly conservative legislature there, but we're a very pro-life state. Um, we have a number of laws that uh, protect the the unborn. Um, we just passed. I think think we might have passed a heartbeat bill this last session or or an ultrasound bill where you're required to have an ultrasound if you are wanting to get an abortion. Um, And so that is one of the most important tenets of the Wyoming Republican Party platform is life and how we value it. Uh, And so as it should be, I think that it would be good if it went to the states because I think the legislatures of the states are overwhelmingly conservative and it would be a great opportunity for us to show how much we value life by protecting the protecting the unborn on a state level.
1: So uh, here's another question. Liz Cheney has really um, turned against Trump and is um, leading a vendetta against him. And I, I'm assuming that uh, uh, she is just totally embracing the out- outcome of the 2020 elections. How's your stance on that? Do you think that the election was compromised? Was it valid? Where do you stand?
3: That's a really great question. I get asked that question a lot actually. And I think that I, my answer is generally this: was there fraud in the election? I absolutely believe there was. I think was it enough to overturn um, was it enough to overturn the election uh, in in favor of, of President Trump? I'm not entirely sure because one thing the Democrats are good at, at is getting people out to vote. And I think that we, as conservatives, need to get better at organizing our people and getting people registered so that we can overcome uh, the the vote on the other side.
1: And so what would your stance be on what the uh, Congress is trying to pass about this election, federal takeover of elections? Where do you stand on that?
3: Right, um, I, was, I just made a, a post about that the other day. Is it 2747, uh, I think, or something like that? It, and uh they're so sneaky how they want to sneak it back in cuz here we fought hr1 and s1 at the beginning of the year and now they're bringing this federal takeover of the elections back again and so it's just absolutely inappropriate what they want to do and this especially with some of the things that are in that bill in regards to automatic voter registration and taking away the ability of states to decide um, how they want to reinstitute the right to vote for people who have been convicted of a felony, I think that needs to be left to the states. And, and voter ID laws are in there, too. They don't want to let uh, states have a voter ID law. Well, voter ID laws are—everybody has an ID. <laughs> and so, to me, that's very silly. You can't get ridiculous. on a plane
1: it, without an ID. I know. You can't oh. You can't drive without having an ID with yeah. you. And yet they want to give people the right, right to vote. And I'm sure uh, they present it as if it's uh, opening up and making the votes more available to everybody. But what they're wanting to do is to get the illegal aliens and people like this to come in and vote because they're yep. overwhelmingly Democratic.
2: Yep. And they want to stay enlarge those voter registration rules. And uh, there's lots of theories about why they want to do that. But the proof is out there that the states aren't even keeping those up to date, uh, especially the the more Democratic-leaning ones. So what do you think needs to be done to correct the process, Marissa?
3: Well, I think, number one, we need to stop that bill. And we need to, especially for people in states um, where you have Democratic representation and you're conservative in that district, you've got to pressure your Congress people. Because I think most of all, People are, people are motivated by self-preservation. And people in Congress want to keep their job. And so in order to keep their job, they're gonna to have to make their constituents happy. And if a majority of their constituents are pressuring them to stand against a bill like that, I think that pressure is what moves Congress people. And so that's what we need to do, is we've got to get activated. Especially if you, like I said, if you're in a if you're in an area that has democratic representation, um, put pressure on them and educate educate your friends and your citizens, be, your fellow citizens, because informed voters are always going to make better choices when it comes to candidates, when it comes to uh, bills. And it's gonna it takes an army, really, of people to keep track of all these bills because there's so many and they're coming so fast and they're trying to sneak everything in. Um, you have to have a Hawkeye in order to catch it all. And that's why I appreciate um, the Truth and Liberty organization. You guys are really great at putting that out there because um, you obviously have a team of people who are looking through the bills. And uh, and that is awesome. And we all need to be doing this the same thing.
1: And I believe that part of what this uh, voting thing is all about is paper ballots or mail-in ballots and things like this and we've had some people on here that say that the only way to guarantee election integrity is to go back to paper ballots yeah. being cast in person and they're wanting to push mail-in ballots will yeah. just which will allow uh... ballot harvesting and a lot of other things that could mm-hmm. really compromise no good right. Yeah. all right <laughs> that's so, no that's good. Good. Yeah. so how about the border crisis where are you on all of this
3: Oh boy, well, what a crisis. <laughs> um, I think that the answer to the border crisis really is not that difficult. I think one, we got to close the border. Number two, we got to finish the wall because those contractors are getting paid to not finish the wall. And to me, that's unacceptable. Our tax dollars do not need to be going to pay contractors to, who are not finishing it to keep our border safe. And three, I think that it's important, I think that it would be important for us to do a temporary moratorium on only immigration. We've got us, we've, we have to stop it for a while so we can get it control of what is, of the people that are coming in, the people that they have let in, that they're shipping all over the country. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Those three you things know, are important.
1: I, I just heard today that Biden is now in favor of the wall. But it's mm-hmm. a wall around his house. <laughs> they spent four hundred plus thousand yeah. dollars building a wall around his house, but he won't spend the money. That's already allocated. The yeah. materials are it, bought, and he's not allowing the southern. You
2: know, I, I did read though that that uh, he finally admitted that the the stay in Mexico policy that Trump had. Uh, was a good thing, and they're reinstituting
1: that. So. Well, I think the courts made him do that. Oh, is that? Okay. Yeah, well, it went to court, and uh, he was forced to do that. And so that's not voluntary. Well, then we don't give him credit, but still no. a good thing. <laughs>
3: no. But, you know, the, the, other thing that I, the other thing that drives me crazy is that it's the president's job to enforce the laws. That's part yeah. of his constitutional yeah. duty is to enforce the laws. And it is a felony. It's a felony to come over the border illegally. And why are we not enforcing that law? We have not been enforcing that law for a long time, and that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And
1: they have mandates on U.S. citizens that you got to get vaccinated and you have to do all of these things, but there are zero right. uh, enforcement on all these illegal aliens. And what's the figure now? Isn't it over 900,000? It, illegals this year yes
2: yeah yeah it's uh, record numbers I, I don't and even they've know the got mystery.
1: another 30 or 40,000 that are massing towards the border right now they say that they're going to be hitting in a week or so so let me ask you this where do you stand on all of the vaccine and the mandates and uh, firing people if they don't get it what would your opinion be on that Marissa
3: Well, I think that it is important that we have the freedom, that we have medical freedom and that we have the ability to choose what we wanna put in our bodies. Uh, And so I think that mandates are unacceptable. I I don't think that they're acceptable from a a business or a government entity. Um, Nobody should be forcing you to put something in your body that you don't want to put in your body. And I think that it is, I think the coercion quite remarkable that's happening in America right now and uh, shameful to say the least I also uh, am proud of all of the people who are standing up who Uh people who are standing up for themselves and and quitting their jobs or or going on strike I am very very proud of the bravery of people to maintain their bodily integrity um, by not giving in to the mandates and I think as the church we need to be ready to support people like that because, you know, when someone gives up their job due to an, a mandate that is unacceptable, I think those of us who can help should help. Um, that's what we should do, is help those people who are standing up for their freedom and ours.
1: And so let me ask you about uh, energy. I know that in Colorado, I, there is a huge uh, petroleum energy here, shale oil and things. And I assume that's true in Wyoming. What would your stance be on yes. uh, the, some of the energy decisions that uh, Biden has made?
3: Well, I think we need to get of the we need to re get back out of the Paris climate agreement that he put us back into, because I think that's what started a lot of this uh, garbage, uh, as we have seen over the last what is it, 10 months of the Biden administration. <laughs> and so, I mean, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline in order to just beg OPEC for more oil, is just, un, it's unbelievable. And in Wyoming, we have so many natural resources. Not only do we have coal, but we have oil. We have, um, we actually have quite a, a couple of very large wind farms here too, because it's very windy here. And, um, and they are working on a couple a couple of solar farms here as well. In the state of Wyoming, we like to conserve. We like, and I think that deregulating some of those industries is what's gonna help bring, uh, make it easier for those businesses to continue to produce and to get rid of some of those ideas that are coming from the globalists about uh, climate crises. Well, you but know. But in Wyoming, uh, I, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, in Wyoming, it's not just energy uh, that we, that we really promote here, it's agriculture. We have a huge cattle uh, industry here, a ranching industry. And so one of the things that I really wanna work on when I get to Congress is mandatory country of origin labeling. Uh, so that we can know where our meat is coming from in the grocery store, if it's if it's actually made in the USA and grown in the USA, or if it's actually or or if it's imported from someplace else, just like we can see with our strawberries or our kiwis, we don't get that opportunity to see where our beef and pork and lamb are coming from, and and that isn't that isn't good for our agricultural community here.
1: And so going back to energy, uh, Biden sure. is blaming the the high price on. Gasoline and things like this on Russia and on OPEC (laughs) and stuff, which he gave Russia a uh, a foot up on us uh, with all of their energy thing. And now we're dependent upon them because he shut down the Keystone pipeline. So anyway, he's blaming everybody else. But I think Biden is the one to blame for the price increase in, in oil.
3: Oh, absolutely. And to me, it's so funny that he would shut down a pipeline because a pipeline, if we want to talk about green, uh, a pipeline is much more green than trucking oil all over the country. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, put, having it go through a pipeline is uh, much more environmentally friendly.
1: And also Biden is really strong on um, uh, unions. And part of the uh, reason that we have this shortage, there's multiple things com- combining, right. but part of the reason in the ports is that they, the unions will not allow them to automate because they would lose workers, and they have these uh, rules in place that if a worker does work on weekends and overnight, that they have to be paid a huge mm. salary, and so anyway, unions are one of the big problem. They're lobbying against all of this stuff. Where do you stand on all of that, Marissa.
3: On unions, I think that unions have their place, but I I don't like how much power they wield over the legislators um, and over the government in general. I know that our teachers union here in Wyoming has a lot of power and we are trying. uh, There is actually a special session tomorrow that starts tomorrow down in Cheyenne um, regarding unconstitutional mandates. And the teachers union here in Wyoming is is against the special session because you know, a lot of schools are trying to implement masks and encourage vaccinations and getting uh, and incentivizing people to do those things.
1: So that brings up education. What do you think about the critical race theory, the 1619 Project Education? Do you think parents are terrorists I- if they disagree with the school board? Hmm.
3: Well, I certainly know that I'm not a terrorist. <laughs> And I don't agree with those things. Um, I'm, I'm so proud of the parents who are standing up. I don't know about you, but every time I see another parent group going to a school board and standing up for their rights, and even sometimes getting shut down by those school boards, I just, I'm so proud. And it makes, I think it, I think it emboldens everyone else to be brave and to go to their school board as well. Um, but I think that those things that are being taught in school are absolute garbage, and they need to get thrown in the ash heap of history. Because it, because it isn't real history. Uh, I think that we need to get back to a real American history education in this country because I have learned more through my own study as an adult than I ever learned in school. And I was, you know, I'm not that old. And so even, I know even my generation didn't have as good of an American history education than yours did, I'm sure. Um, but I think we need to get back to that.
1: Yes. So let me just put a plug in for my uh, programs that will be coming out the week before Thanksgiving and the week of Thanksgiving. And I've got David and Tim Barton on with me. And they specifically talk about the 1619 Project. Mm -hmm. That thing is a, it's a total lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the very best, it is complete ignorance of history. And at probably at its source, it's just a total lie and misrepresentation. And they also deal with critical race theory and stuff. So that'll be aired uh, the two weeks, the week before Thanksgiving and the week off Thanksgiving.
2: Marissa, I've got a question for you, and it has to do really with freedom sure. of speech. Um, uh, big tech, you know, I mentioned it at the beginning of the hour, they, they basically reached a point where they um, cancel any, any opinions that they don't agree with or go against their you know, accepted uh, ideas. What do you think you could do as a member of Congress to uh, restore freedom of speech in online uh, communications?
3: Well, I like the idea that's going through Congress right now of um, modifying Section 230. I also like the idea of having, because because those social media companies have become the new public space where people share their ideas. Uh, I think, I don't like government regulation, but the idea of potentially regulating it like a, like a telephone company or something like that um, would be, okay, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think that the beauty of the free market is that Americans are creative. And I think that people are going to create new social media opportunities and I mean just look at what has been created in the last couple of years with all the other things that are out there now and they're getting better the more that uh, people are using them and working on them and I think that there will be more places for us to communicate with one another um, where our speech is not inhibited and I'm I look forward to that because that's one of the things I love about America I love how people are so full of creativity and ingenuity and and how the free market competition works. I think that that's just wonderful.
2: That's good. No, that's great. So go ahead. Oh, well, here, um, we talked a little bit about the. Uh, the- preserving the Christian foundation of our nation. But do you have any specific ideas? You know, Donald Trump uh, uh, had the commission, the 1776 commission. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. But one of the first things Biden did was he, he revoked that executive order and disbanded that group. Do you have any thoughts about that? What, what could we do to restore America's uh, Christian foundations?
3: I think that that's going to fall on the church. And it's going to fall on uh, Bible-believing people and people who really believe in history. I, I'm not, I, I don't like the idea of the government in education in general. I actually would like to get rid of the Department of Education.
1: Hey, uh, Amen. That's, that, that's the first time <laughs> I ever heard a politician I like say yeah. that, but I agree <laughs> quite a while.
3: Yeah, I actually would, I would. I would like to get rid of that because I think that the more local education is, is handled, the better. Um, and then making sure that we're using good curriculum. For example, I love what Hillsdale College is doing. I think yeah. uh, they offer a lot of great free classes and uh, and that that's a great supplemental education for kids who are going through school right now and who might not have a great um, American history program. Um, but and, and also like the information on your Truth and Liberty website, there's so much good information there. And wall builders, there's... There are so many opportunities for us to self-teach. And until we're able to get rid of the Department of Education and get the education system back under control from the leftists, that's what we're going to have to do, is we're going to have to use those alternative sources of education for our children and, to, and, and our neighbors to let them know about it, too, because I, I actually hand out constitutions all the time. I always keep five in my purse so mm-hmm. that people can have a constitution if they don't have one already. But history so Marissa, is so
1: important. Here's a question for you. I've uh, I've sure. got a couple of friends who actually helped some congressmen be elected, and they ran and uh, supported them, promoted it in their church, and then as soon as they get into Congress, they change. And one of my mm. friends went to his congressman and just basically rebuked him and says, "I went on the line. I helped you get elected, and yet you're voting liberal." on things that you promised you wouldn't do and this man said you don't understand the pressure you don't understand what they're doing and he didn't give the details but it made you think that man he's being blackmailed being intimidated so my question is that a lot of conservatives run on being conservative and yet when they get there they seem to get infected by the virus that's Mm -hmm. at uh, congress how how are you going to stand against that Hold your conservative views?
3: Hold my conservative views. Well, I think number one, I don't bow to any other God but Jehovah. <laughs> and I think that the God that runs uh, Washington is money. People are obsessed with power and money. And like Alexander Hamilton said, you know, people are greedy and vindictive and rapacious. And so that is what motivates a lot of people going there. Well, I am just, I'm a mom. And I am a worship leader and I'm a musician and I am not driven by the love of money and power. I just wanna to go to Washington and make a difference and help save this nation because it's on a trajectory that is dangerous for it. And somebody has to stand up and have a backbone. And I think there are some people, for example, Lauren Boebert, she spoke at mm-hmm. Truth and Liberty uh, Conference and I was there. What, what a firecracker she is. I can't wait to meet her someday. Yeah. Um, And I think that they're paving the way for the rest of us because we've got to stand up against the corruption that is happening there, even if we are threatened, even if, uh, you know, for me, I don't have anything Blackmailish in my background. I don't even have a speeding <laughs> <Yeah>. ticket <laughs> in my record. Well, 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 what so, qualifies they, you they, to be
1: a politician, then? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man. All politicians have skeletons in their closet. It seems like.
3: <laughs> yeah, not this one. Not this one. But you know, the 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 four pillars of good governance are transparency, accountability, the rule of law, and participation. And so I think I embody those and and our good Wyoming values of hard work and personal responsibility and and uh, teamwork and toughness. Those are things that keep me in Wyoming. One of the reasons I love living here is because my values line up with Wyoming values. And we're tough here. And I don't care about money like a lot of people in Washington do. So I know I can stand up to the, to the swampiness because I have Jesus.
2: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Marissa, would you be in favor yeah. of term limits for uh, members of Congress?
3: Yes, sir, I would. I actually have signed the U.S. with the term U.S. Term Limits Organization. They put out a pledge for candidates or congresspeople to sign every year. And I have signed on to that pledge because I absolutely believe in term limits.
1: Wow. Let me ask you how old your kids are. You got four kids. If you were elected to Congress, uh, are they young? How much time are you going to be able to be away?
3: Well, um, we have thought a lot about this and had some good uh, counsel from some of the pastors in our lives uh, that we should go together because Washington is a destroyer of marriages mm. and families. And so, sh- uh, should I be elected, I, we will go. We will all go, um, and that way, my time won't have to be so uh, torn between them when I go home uh, to Wyoming to uh, visit with constituents. Uh, so my children are almost 14 uh 11 and 9 and 7. so they are still in school and they love this whole campaign process they're having a lot of fun
1: oh that's really good great attitude yeah Yeah. we probably ought to take some questions yes sir Uh, viewers have any questions (laughs) yes
2: they they do they do um and and some of these are tough ones marissa so here we go okay okay one of them asks uh pamela asks this question what's the difference in policies between you and uh the president uh excuse me the candidate that president trump endorsed
3: well uh that's a great question he just made the endorsement recently so there isn't a whole lot of information out there about her policies uh, necessarily i know that of all the candidates running i have the most detailed website, and um i really can't answer that question at this moment because i haven't heard her talk a whole lot about what her policy ideas are yet
1: mm. so could you give your uh, website so that people could go there and see what your
3: website i absolutely said? can Yes. My website is www.selvig, that's S-E-L-V-I-G, for congress.com. And there's all kinds of information there. Um, a bio, there's uh, how I stand on a plethora of issues. I tried to think of everything I could think of. <laughs> and I always like to tell people, if I missed one that is important to you, let me know. Send me an email and I'll answer your question because I'm an open book. And what, like I said before, what I want to do is communicate with people uh, because that's what that's what I want to serve them with is good communication and transparency and honesty and governance.
2: All right. Well, here, here's another good one. uh, uh, Marissa, this viewer wants to know more about the process that you went through in deciding to run for Congress as a Christian conservative.
3: Oh man. Well, I live with a yes in the heart, in my heart towards the Lord. And so when i got the call to run for this office it was it was very emotional at at first um because the first thing i thought of of course as a mom is what am i going to do with my children what's going to happen if the lord is calling me away from them and uh you know i just heard the lord say don't worry about your children they're mine anyway they're just on loan to you <laughs> and so um so that was that was excellent and so i went into a long time of prayer uh, after that in July and spent a lot of time on my face and in intercession. And um, and so I originally wanted to come uh, to start campaigning or telling people about it a little earlier, but the Lord was very clear with me that I wasn't to do anything till January, which was a very hard process for me because I like to plan ahead. And God is not allowing me to plan ahead very much in this whole campaign process. He is, he is causing me to live on my knees <laughs> and live in an attitude of submission and trust and humility and um and patience before him because I only am shown one step at a time and that's okay because what he's a lamp into our feet and and that's just one step at a time and so it was a, it was a long process of of prayer to get to this point and it still is it's a, I spend a lot of time on my face
1: on the floor. <laughs> well, let me say thank you for running. I mm-hmm. tell you, we, we want to encourage more people to run That's for right. public office. we we got to get involved. This is the reason we're in such a mess is because the Christians have been out of, That's the, right. out That's of right. the battle. Exactly. Uh, let me ask you a question about finances. How do you finance sure. a campaign like this? Are you independently wealthy?
3: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I am not independently wealthy, so I love to take donations. Uh, if you go to my website that I mentioned before, there's a donate button there, and any amount is great. But I kind of actually have some really fun ideas of how we can change how we fund political campaigns. And this actually goes along with some of the crazy ideas that I have about how we could fund the VA uh, or or a or an alternative to the VA, how we could um, work on... Um, personally funding welfare instead of government-funded welfare because none of those a lot of those things are not really constitutional and the government's uh, the government's prerogative to to be your money person to give you money all the time. Amen. And so, what I like to what I like to say is that ten to the sixth uh, ten to the sixth power is a million, and so if every person if if, well, if ten people gave a dollar. And then those 10 told 10 people and gave a dollar. And those 10 people told 10 people and gave a dollar. Uh, that would equal a million in only six rounds of that of the 10 giving 10. And I talk to a lot of people who don't have a lot of money to give. And so a lot of times I don't ask them to give. I ask them for their voice before I ask them for their money. But I think that this is a great way to give a little bit and then ask your friends to give a little bit because everybody has an extra dollar. And if we all looked at conservative candidates running all around the United States, because I'm always watching to see who else is running. And there's a couple of great conservative candidates running in the US right now. And and I like to donate to their campaigns because every election matters to everybody right now. And we all need to be supporting good constitutional Christian candidates um, so we can turn this country back around. And I think that's an easy way to do it, is giving a dollar. You know, If you normally donate $25 to a campaign, 525 candidates. And Donate a dollar to those 25 and then tell 10 friends to do the same. I think it'd be a great way to fund campaigns. And if you give anonymously, you can give up to $50 anonymously. And you, your name wouldn't have to be on a list. <laughs>
0: that's
1: pretty good. It's yeah, pretty creative. I, I, think I yeah. might use that for the minutes. There you go. <laughs> good idea. Yeah. 10 to the sixth power. That's awesome.
3: 10 to the sixth power is a million. Yep.
2: Well, Marissa, one of the things that's been in the news a lot, uh, at least among conservatives, is the mandatory vaccines for our men and women in uniform. And it's causing many of them to decide to retire from the military. And some even are looking at the prospect of being dishonorably discharged because they don't want to take uh, this unproven uh, vaccine into their bodies. Yeah. And I'm curious, What first of all, what uh, what is the pulse that you're getting amongst retired and active duty military in Wyoming? How do they feel about this president's performance and what would you do to change that?
3: Uh, well, I think a lot of the veterans in Wyoming are not happy with uh Joe Biden. There's a lot of questionable bumper stickers that I see all over (laughs) and lots of uh, flags that have questionable words on them everywhere. (laughs) This is Wyoming. Um, And so I think that the mandatory vaccination, number one, as I said before, is unacceptable. You shouldn't be forced to put something in your body that you don't want to put in your body. And especially with the dishonorable discharge, I think that's horrible. And I know that there's been a fight in Congress recently about whether that's in the bill or not in the bill. Uh, in the budget that they're talking about, and to me, it's like, why is that in the budget? Why is it in the military budget? I, that drives me nuts. I'm all about consolidating the budget and <laughs> breaking it apart so we can actually read it. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's unacceptable to me that they're doing that to the military. And you know, what would I personally do about it? I'm not entirely sure. Um, that's something that I would need to do a little more research on. But the the consensus that I get from veterans is that they're not happy with that. Not at all.
1: So, how about the 3.5 trillion dollar uh, spending, Build Build Back America better, or something like that? Drain Already America is- dry, Bill.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> drain America. So, where do you stand I like on that. that?
3: Well, I am, I am a balanced budget kind of a person. I want to. That's one of my main things that I talk about is how bad the budget is. And I just checked this afternoon. I I have a note here at 4:24 p.m. The the debt was twenty eight trillion nine hundred eighteen billion seven hundred six million. Uh, uh. That's eighty six thousand dollars per person in the United States, and the government only brings in in so fiscal year twenty twenty the government only brought in about three point five trillion dollars, and that's that's just what they want to spend on the budget reconciliation package. That doesn't even include the one point nine trillion of infrastructure and i i always think to myself if if a if a family cannot spend outside of their means neither should the government amen neither should the government and so we have to get our priorities straight and get a revelation on what is appropriate amounts of spending and have a real conversation about what are the priorities of the american people have they changed you know have have is our are our priorities now actually taking care of people instead of doing other things? But then we have to figure out what are we going to cut? If you really want people to have free childcare and free college, then what are you going to cut out to support that? And those conversations are not happening. And that's very unfortunate. And I'd like to change that.
1: And it sounds good. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Well, so, uh, Marissa, we have a guest who's asking about the Indian population. Uh, there in Wyoming and some of your comments at the beginning of the live cast. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff wants to know, are the Indian populations more democratic uh, because of the level of government funding that goes into the reservation system?
3: I, I think so. I think that's one of the main reasons that um, the, that the reservation leans Democrat, is social social programs. Mm. Yeah.
1: And so wow. I, I remember when I was with uh, y'all there in uh, Wind River that you could mm-hmm. correct these statistics, but I think it was 95% of the women had been sexually abused, 70-something percent of the boys. Alcoholism was high. Unemployment is huge. Yes. And these people are basically dependent upon government mm-hmm. pretty much.
3: Correct. Uh, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very sad cycle that happens. And our ministry is working hard to um, bring hope and, and life into that cycle to try and break it <laughs> so that people can get free and people can be safe. Um, one of the things that we're going to start working on uh, on and in the ministry is getting a, a women's shelter. Because as far as as far as we know so far, there hasn't been a women's domestic violence shelter for women on the reservation, and so um, that's been on Pastor Sarah's heart, and she is we're we're moving forward and looking to to open that around the same time uh, that we open the church building, which will have an after school program for the for kids to come to. Uh, That's part of what we want to do. Is you know, I run the food pantry at the ministry, and so we. We're working on feeding bellies. You know, meeting meeting basic needs is something that we really love to do. And so, how many starts, people
1: it, do you feed through the food pantry?
3: On a monthly basis, probably about um, eight hundred. No, about about eight hundred or nine hundred people.
1: And that's
2: which, awesome. and, which
3: that's is awesome. about two hundred and thirty five families.
2: If our yeah. viewers yeah. wanted to know, and it's not just people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just no, wondering. That's all right. I'm guessing that we have viewers right now who would love to help out with that. How can they do that?
3: Yeah, if they go, I, I think our website might be a little bit under construction, but I know if they go to Found Nations, that's F-O-U-N-D-N-A-T-I-O-N-S, found, let me just have it, foundnations.com. Um, I know that there is a giving button. I'm not sure if it's operational right now, uh, but that is a great place that you can give. And if it's not working, there may be an address on there that you could send a check to. And um, if you want to give to the building fund, just put that in the memo. If you want to give to the food pantry, put that in the memo. Um, we're working hard to bring Jesus to people who need him.
1: So Marissa, we're, we're down to just four and a half minutes left. Is there anything specifically that you want to say to the people? About your, it could be about your uh, run for Congress or just anything you yeah. want to say to the people.
3: Well, I think that it is time for a change. I love seeing what God is doing in the lives of his followers right now. There is such a shift happening in the atmosphere. And God is moving people from one job to another. It's like he's shifting people's seats on the bus. <laughs> And it's fascinating to watch. It's such an exciting time to be alive. And it is a great time of hope. I know a lot of people are losing hope in the nation. And it's sad to see that it's sad to see people walking around depressed and, and talking about negative things all the time. But what I have to say is take hope in the Lord, because One of the words I got from the Lord at the beginning of this process is that God has a good plan for America, and he is not finished with her yet. And there will be a new birth of freedom and righteousness in this land. And it is imperative that we as the church get off of our duffs and get involved because we cannot be pew sitters anymore. (laughs) Our country is how it, it has gotten how it is because we have sat silent for too long. And it is far past time that we get active. And um, if you can't get involved politically, then donate money. If you can't donate money, then give your time uh, to do a ministry near you, especially if you live near a reservation, because it's not just our reservation that that is hurting. It's most of them. And so if there isn't a food pantry in your area, start one. If there if there we have a free clothing closet, too, if you have a if you want to start a free clothing closet for people who need clothes, do that. And there's nothing more fulfilling than meeting people's basic needs, and that's an easy place to start. And I think that we can change America just one person at a time.
1: So, Marissa, it's really encouraging to hear you being hopeful and running for office. What, (laughs) As you travel around and run for office, have you found other people that are hopeful, or are they um, discouraged, or are they put out? What's, What's the feel there in Wyoming?
3: In Wyoming, I feel a lot of anger. Uh, There's a lot of anger here, a lot of anger towards our current representative, a lot of anger towards um, the current president. Um, And so I like working on having rational conversations with people and kind of trying to move past the anger and to think about solutions. And solutions don't just come from one person, they come from a group of people. Uh, The more people, the better ideas there are. And so um, I... I'm working hard to keep, well, let's say, to make the peace. I like to be a, a thermostat and not a thermometer. <laughs> so where mm-hmm. I go, very where good. I go, I'm that's bringing good. peace mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. That's,
1: that's very nice. good. Yeah, that's great. Thank All you. right. We only have a, just a little over a minute, so I don't <laughs> know if we have time for another question. Anything? Quick? Um, re-
2: real quick, uh, we have one on international uh, affairs. What's the greatest threat to the United States abroad right now?
3: I would say uh, the supply chain, um, when it it comes to um, China, I think uh, we have got to start making things in America again, instead of always uh, sourcing out to other places. We've got to start manufacturing our own goods in our own country once again. And that will not only provide jobs, it will help the economy, and uh, America will be better for it.
1: Amen. I agree. Well, Marissa, thank you for being with us. It's been awesome, and it's nice to get to know you a little better. I didn't get to talk to you this much when I was there at Wind River. And uh, also thanks for uh, CTN carrying this on some of their stations in their network. We really appreciate you doing that. And, of course, we want to thank all of you who watch on a regular basis. I get many comments. People say they never miss this broadcast. And so thank you for being a part of it. God bless you. And, again, you can go to... Uh, Marissa, or Selvig, what was it?
3: Yes, selvigforcongress.com.
1: All right, so it's there on the screen. And God bless you. Thank you, Marissa. God bless all of you. Thank you. We'll see you again next Monday night for another Truth and Liberty Livecast.
0: Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.